Welcome to Hidden Messages. Hi, welcome back to Hidden Messages. This episode, we thought we'd talk a little bit about a movie we just saw. It's Some of you may have heard of it. It hasn't been widely released yet. It's not going to be released until August 31st. Well, by the, the time US. we publish this podcast, it might actually be released. Yeah. But, but we're we saw recording it on the time of the limited release. Yeah. And the movie is called Searching. We saw it as a preview to Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, no. that's the first time we actually heard of it. And it looks scary. The preview looked scary. It looked like a horror movie. It was but... a little anxiety ridden. No, but I'm saying the preview. From yeah. the preview, it looked like a horror movie. I know my daughter. This is your keychain. Oh, she was my best friend. You broke his jaw. I know my daughter. I'm trying to help you find my daughter. I didn't know her. I didn't know my daughter. I don't usually like horror movies, but it's starring John Cho. And so I was like, we have to see this because it's starring John Cho. So it is. It's directed by Anish Chaganti. I don't yeah. know what this director has done in the past, but interestingly, I the think movie... this is actually Anish's uh, future debut. Is this the future feature debut? film yeah. debut? I think Anish has probably done some short films before. And it's interesting because it's set in San Jose. It's set in Silicon yeah. Valley, so uh, a lot of the the area, the maps, and kind of the the ambient setting you get is it's not ambiguously located it's very clearly in san jose they're yeah. not trying to hide it in which any way which is really cool because you know we saw yeah. it in san francisco and so yeah. watching it we actually like, hey, like we recognize certain things. yeah and so, yeah. just so you know the little in terms of like critical response it has a 92 percentage on rotten tomatoes which is pretty high yeah. And then Metacritic gives it 73%. Okay. I like don't know Google, what Metacritic is, though. It, yeah. Is that like Rotten Tomatoes also? It's kind it? of, but it's a much, it's a little more industry critic stuff. Oh, okay. But it's interesting to see kind of how that lies. Um, 88% of Google u- users say they liked this movie. But what does that mean, though? Because it hasn't been widely released. It's only the people who've That's seen it, That's the right? thing, right? So I'm sure there have been smaller screenings all yeah. over the place, and so this is just what they... It's like, I know that... Angry Asian Man is seeing it at the arc light on the Saturday of limited release. We saw it on the Friday of limited release. Yeah, and in and major cities, you're going to get... And yeah, in terms I, I'm, of I think it was just viewing, like I think it was yeah. just like New York, LA, and San Francisco, and maybe yeah. a couple of other places. Which makes sense, but right? There was a woman named Nancy Yuen who interviewed Anish and asked about why Anish cast uh, East Asian family as the central family and yeah he said that it was just you know he grew up around here and he just said that you know that's like the kinds of families that he's used to being surrounded by yeah yeah so i i think it's kind of silly i mean i get that reasoning but i also think it's kind of silly that you have to like justify casting an east asian family i know because i feel if like it was a white guy like yeah how many how many directors have to be like well why did you cast a white family as the central family to be like uh <laughs> it's true yeah it's it's like the questions that women in hollywood get yes asked, how do you just, do work-life balance yeah, it's like really, men don't have to do work-life balance yeah, i guess it's ridiculous so anyway back to the movie the previews did make it seem like it was some crazy it looked like a horror pounding movie. horror thriller. it looked like a horror movie it was not a horror movie it was kind of intense but it wasn't a horror movie no it was more of a, a psychological thriller yeah i, I categorize it it's like a that. drama it's like an intense drama 
I think. And specifically around this one family. Yeah. And so you see the first few minutes are, are really joyful because you yeah. see this family and what they go through. And just as a note, in terms of um, their directing style and the way the movie is set, everything is done through the computer. So the, the yeah. lens of the computer through either the cameras in the computers yeah. or cameras on smartphones. Or the computer screen itself. The, yeah. Or the windows in the computers, the browser windows. Yeah. So a lot of what you see, everything has to be in terms of what is seen through the filter of technology. I mean, it's sometimes it's literally the computer screen. Like you'll see the screensaver yeah. wake up and that like a little notification yeah. and stuff. and. You know, I think I think we should talk about it a little bit before before we get into like spoilers and stuff. But I don't think this is a spoiler to say that it kind of takes you a little bit on a historic <clears throat> journey through technology, especially if you're yeah. a an older millennial <laughs> or Gen Xer, or, or I guess even a baby boomer. That you know this sort of journey we had in the late '90s, early aughts, through the early teens and late teens, you know, of like. Windows XP and yeah, because the movie starts off when the family's really young, and so you see the progression of their yeah. technology and their use of yeah, technology yeah. over time. Yeah, so it's really interesting when like when where they, they store contacts yeah. or how they're how they're video chatting or recording things and or... how they use like how files are accessed. Yeah. Like you see a lot of the the yeah. behind the scenes stuff where you're like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. when you had to do that to find things yeah. and there's also this divide between using a windows platform and using a mac platform yeah. which is a significant shift well also at one point they use ubuntu linux but it's a very short period of time. uh yeah but that's very interesting i think that i think i i'm gonna say because we might talk about spoilers later but just if you haven't seen it yet actually the less you know about it the better I would agree. Because, like, I didn't really know much about it apart from that preview we saw that made it look like a horror movie. And I was like, I don't know, it's going to be scary. I might close my eyes through the whole thing. But then it turned out not to be a horror movie, and it was fine. And but I do you think the... So I know there's been a couple horror movies that have used kind of either live streaming or phone cameras as a way to tell the story yeah. and a way to kind of impart anxiety or of even like not in, knowing what happens. Even in Blair Witch Project, before right, they the had smartphones, they video. just said they yeah. pretended it was like found video footage. Right. And a lot of the stuff that we see in those movies is like not professional video capture. So, you know, the angles are wonky. It's very unsteady. The camera lens, you're not quite sure what you're focusing on because the there's no sense of director in those films and so you, yeah. the viewer has to kind of figure out what the story is and piece it together and that's part of what builds the anxiety of the story like not knowing what's going on at yeah. any moment because who knows what's going to appear on the screen so to me like okay even though i feel like stylistically people are saying oh this is a very different movie in that sense mm -hmm. i feel like ho the horror genre has already used this quite a bit it's not anything new, right? But, but I don't. But do you think it's too gimmicky to, to put I in a movie like, like this? But I feel like I feel like the execution was well done, though. Okay. Like the concept is not a new concept, but I feel like the execution was well done. I mean, I actually I can't really say that because I haven't seen those horror movies apart from Blair Witch. But I will say with Blair Witch, it was super shaky camera work. Yes. <laughs> that but made that me meant, kind of sick a little bit. But that was meant to be. No, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying it's still a very different experience. I think that this was very smooth. And very calm and, and high resolution where it was appropriate to be high resolution and that sort of thing. 
Well, and, and that that's in part because the cameras that you do get access to are are not w- running through the forest. And, right. Yeah. The the the, the ways that does happen is through the smartphone camera yeah, yeah. when you're mobile. Yeah. But for a lot of it, it's just like the desktop. Yeah. yeah. So it it becomes. But an I'm saying that way, changes the viewing. Experience. Yeah, it does. I will say also one more thing before we get into spoilers is just we saw it at this super fancy movie theater because that's the only theater it was playing in. Yeah. But tickets were way expensive. But don't <laughs> but you really don't need to see it in a fancy movie no, theater. Like no. it's first of all, you know, as we were just talking about with the some of the video footage is a little grainy intentionally because it's like supposed to be webcam like you're not going to get super crisp visual. I mean, occasionally there's super crisp visuals, but it's just, it's not worth getting like an upgraded, like IMAX, Dolby, whatever yeah. experience to experience yes. it. You don't need it. Um, likewise, the film, the movie theater we saw, in was, it's a Dolby theater. So it's supposed to be like this amazing sound experience where like the seats vibrate and whatever. But that took, a, took it away from me. But, that, but again, yeah. it, there's nothing amazing sound wise in this movie it's not no. and it's not supposed to be it's not supposed There's to no be like soundtrack or any kind yeah of it's really that. just kind of like very low-key and apart from supporting the movie and john cho who's finally got like a super starring role yeah like just in terms of the cinematic experience like you could just watch it at home but it you don't need to see it in a theater per se and i think okay. actually what would make it really interesting which the movie theater can't actually portray accurately is a lot of people watch their movies on laptops and phones nowadays yeah if you actually watch this movie on your laptop that's it actually becomes become even more, more real eerie, yeah right? because that's what the character is doing and and yeah. and the way the screenshots are done of the of the desktop yeah. you don't see the top bar or the bottom bar as yeah. much so if you actually watched it in your laptop you would have your own top bar and it would feel like your computer has been taken over by yeah. this other man's computer yeah. and so that becomes more this weird voyeuristic yeah. experience and i think that that would be more impactful than than watching it on the big screen and i kind of wish they had done Something like that where... Where you have tiny little screens that are... Yeah. (laughs) Everyone gets an individual laptop to watch it, but the sound is actually pumped through the movie theater. That way... You know what? When this movie comes out on airplanes, that's what it's going to be like. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's going to have their own little screen and they'll be watching it. And I think that makes the experience all the more evocative. And I yeah. and I kind of because when you see a, a computer screen blown up that huge, it takes away from like, hey, this is actually yeah. someone's computer. Yeah. And I I think for me it took away from the intimacy of watching somebody through their webcam. Yeah. Right. And seeing into their home and like I think people are so familiar with the desktop view and watching themselves on their own webcams and doing FaceTime or doing Skype. Like, all of that stuff, we don't see blown up to that size. And I think it takes away from the immediacy of the film. If you could watch it on a laptop, I would recommend that, actually. Yeah. Even though we want to support and, well, and yeah. give money to all of that. I mean, if you can see it in that, the theater, but, you should do it because yeah. it needs good box office. But if you watch it at home, I think it'll be a better movie-watching experience. Yeah. Super creepy. Yeah. Do you want to talk spoilers or no? Yeah. And at okay. this point... So uh, at this point, it, as we said before, yeah. the less you know about it, the better. So if you haven't watched it, watch it right now. Go watch it. Pause the podcast and then come back to it. Yeah. So spoilers now. 
So should we just set up the movie a little bit? Uh, well, no, because at this point they've already seen it, right? Well, hopefully they have. Okay. Well, what do you want to what do you want to say then? Well, I just want to say that it's 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 mainly this story and the main protagonist that John Cho gets to play is this father that has completely had his world turned upside down because he's lost his wife to terminal cancer, and he doesn't know how to deal. He doesn't know how to talk about it. And, and his daughter doesn't know how to deal with it. And his daughter doesn't. And they all communication is kind of broken down. And she's, I think, a junior or a senior in she's high school. Sophomore. She's a sophomore. sophomore. Yeah. In high school. And so she's going through her own stuff. And they both have computers that they use. But you see the family's evolution through all of their logins and all that stuff. Videos and photos. And it's interesting because a lot of their communication is simply done through chat. Mm-hmm. A lot They don't speak face-to-face. Yeah, they you do a lot of a lot text of messaging. They yeah. do a lot of FaceTime. And, or not a lot of FaceTime. They do some FaceTime. But, yeah, it's I a lot of... I FaceTime with my parents as much as they do. Yeah. But, you know what? I think, it, I think it's a little bit different for parents with younger kids. That's true. Our parents are much older. It's, yeah, it's a different relationship. Like, when you're a Gen Xer communicating with baby boomer parents, I think it's different <laughs> from when you're a whatever kids are these days that they're not millennials anymore whatever it's after that communicating with gen x parents yeah that's true i think it's a little bit different but yeah it was interesting to see their modes of communication and i i think sometimes it was a little contrived like i think there were certain parts that you're kind of like oh that makes sense that he would do that yeah but then like at the end when he starts streaming the memorial service yeah. And then goes to the memorial service. And leaves the stream and on. And leaves the stream on. It's like, that's a little bit contrived because why would you do that, right? Except for to allow the viewer to see it. There, right. There isn't any reason in real life why you would just leave a stream on. and then get... whereas, whereas the other scene where he set up all these secret cameras and confronted his brother. And recorded that. That yeah. seemed more realistic because actually the whole point was that he was trying to say, this is proof that my brother did it. Yeah. And then so leaving those cameras up made sense. Made sense for Other the than you could make the argument that he leaves the live stream up because he's in such haste to get there that he completely forgets about it and just leaves. Yeah. And I leaves guess. it up. But the other thing is is like I feel like technology in this sense would have shut down. Like at a certain extent, like your computer would just stop working. Or Maybe. like go into screensaver, oh, yeah. or like power yeah, saver Yeah, especially mode. because they had never scenes with the like screensaver. Yeah. You'd think at some point it would go to screensaver anyway. But, you know, I also thought it was kind of weird because there were some scenes that were not presumably on his computer. That were just scenes. Like when they would just cut to the news. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the news was news he was actually watching. Like when you would see him looking at the video the fake video of the the con confession the ex-con confession yeah but then other times they would just show a full screen newscast and you weren't 100 percent certain that that's something he was watching on his tv it was just i think you were supposed to it was meant to imply that he's watching it in full screen and so you don't see everything else i mean there are definitely moments where i'm like why does it why does he have his webcam just up yeah like he's not talking to somebody he's not trying to there are a couple of times where it's contrived and i think that's just by nature of that medium like i had that same moment in blair witch project where even though the concept was kind of brilliant at the time there were a couple of times where the characters are arguing with each other where i'm like really you're having this super intense argument and you're holding a camera and 
pointing it at the other person while you're arguing with them. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, but I will say that perhaps to us it doesn't make sense because we're not our lives are constantly not on camera. I think no, for no, no. Blair, I'm talking no, about Blair Witch. Project. I know. I think for Blair Witch Project at that time because that kind of camera was not a phone. It was like a giant thing yeah. that you would carry around. And it's a camcorder, right? But I think yeah. at that time it feels weird that that happened. But nowadays with vloggers. Oh yeah, I people are like, carrying around phones all the time. But that's and why I'm everything saying everything is, and we're yeah. constantly being recorded, right? We don't know it, but we are constantly being recorded. And some people, for them, it's like they can't live their lives if it's not being recorded. Yeah. And I think there is that uh, that that line that gets crossed, and like, but but with this dad, I feel like for the daughter, it would have made sense, right? Because she mm. had her whole like you cast and yeah, yeah. like the on online confessional booth kind yeah. of thing. But with the dad, it doesn't make sense because he doesn't really... Well, he didn't even know what Tumblr was. So yeah. it, I... he clearly uses the technology <laughs> just to use it, right? Like, it's like, this is the way that I can communicate with my daughter. Yeah. This is the, like, he doesn't just need to record every minute of his life. And there are moments where he does record things and the wife doesn't quite like it. And you get a sense that he's trying to document mm-hmm. everything that's happening with his family. Yeah. But, like, once his wife dies... But he, he doesn't need no to. Need but he doesn't to need document. to document himself. He can talk about right, his daughter right. or his family. I feel family, like he would yeah. be recording his daughter doing something. Yeah. But you don't even see scenes like that. Yeah. So yeah, in a way, that is contrived. There were a couple of things in there that I found a little confusing, and it could be because I'm not a parent, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It could also just make no sense. But like, <laughs> there, there, there's one point where he sees the gumbo video. And he says, hide it from the search results. And I'm like, I totally get that. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't want to see that. But you want to have it. it. But you want to have it. Yeah. But when he drags the Father's Day video to the trash can and then empties the trash can. Yeah. I was like, what? Why would you delete a video? Because he blames himself for her death. Yeah. Don't delete it. Just say, I don't want to see it. Delete it and empty the trash. I no. At that point, I totally understood where he was coming from. Yeah. And in fact, that that was like a very deliberate statement to say, you know, I failed my daughter. I failed her. I am not the world's best dad. And now that we know that she's still alive, now he feels like an idiot because he emptied that trash. Yeah. But, but that's what happens, right? That's the regret. And frankly, before we even had computers and cameras everywhere, you couldn't record that stuff anyway. No, but I'm saying it's different. What you don't record never got recorded. But for if you have the recording, like... It's true, it's, but I think the thing that that's interesting is like... Okay, so this, this, there's a discussion where John Cho's character... I think his name is Davey. He gets into a conversation with his brother, Peter. Yeah. And... I love it. David, Kim, Peter, Kim. It's I know, like it's the so most Korean. generic, <laughs> most generic news they could. I guess they could have done so Eugene generic, Kim if they yeah, wanted. Korean news. But... The idea is, like, he can't find out who Margo's, Margo's the daughter, Margo's friends are, right? And he's looking at her Facebook. He, he finds her email and looks through this. And and then at one point, the brother's like, well, did you, what about offline, right? And the oh, yeah. question of, like, offline comes up. Like, what what is she doing offline yeah. that you can't who is access? She actu- or who is she actually spending time with and right. not just virtually connected with? Right. Yeah. And so then that comes up. And when, when it does, then you think, oh, there, of course, there's this whole other world that you can't see through a computer screen that perhaps is really affecting what's happening. But also that we as an audience can't see. And we can't. And then the yeah. frustration of knowing, like, we're never going to get to see that unless the director breaks that yeah. wall and then goes into the yeah. real world, which doesn't ever happen in the film. So I think the idea that like when he deletes that 
video memory, it's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, that was done out of anger. It was done out of frustration and kind of self-hatred at that moment because he's in such grief. But it's okay because there are offline memories, right? There's an offline world that is probably more real than the digital world. Plus, he probably has a time machine backup to restore it anyway. <laughs> it's true. There's probably a time machine backup. But honestly, it's like he already saw that video. It's in his brain, yeah. right? That's more... I think, to me, that was a really interesting moment in the film because you realize that, like, you you, mem you remember more than what the computer tells you that you remember. And that maybe that's more important than what the computer stores, right? Yeah. That his actual physical experience with his daughter is the thing that will save them both. Yeah. And that it's technology that perhaps made them where they were, right? Made them unable to, or unable to connect in a real way because, and I think this is the, the critical kind of commentary that happens in the film that I picked up later is that there's no way for them at the end of the film when he finds out and you see the news footage, they drag her body back up, she's still alive. But then time passes and you don't mm -hmm. see them for about two years, right? Because then the next because thing you see... Because maybe there's nothing virtual to right. show. And yeah. there's two years where you see that she's applying to colleges and you're like, oh, she's a senior now. But that moment never gets documented. We don't get to see the real world and there's no digital footprint of that and we don't get to see it because... They need that physical, yeah. real lifetime to mend their relationship yeah. in order to be able to go back to the casual conversations that happen on chat. Wait, has it really been two years, though? I, I got the impression she wasn't applying to college, but to like some special music program. No, no, no. It, because at the very last photo that he sends her, uh -huh. it's like senior. senior. Oh, There's, is that what it says? Yeah, okay. it's like whatever the... Okay. Uh, River Creek or Eagle Creek Senior. Okay. Like, you see her graduating, like almost graduating, yeah. right? So I, I get a sense that like technology here becomes a way for people to obsess. People rely on it way too much to give them the sense of their reality. And but that, also, the, I think the sense that they're doing something. Like, I think, yeah. I think that it's actually kind of brilliant because as a as a plot device because and again i'm just imagining this because i've never been a parent before and i've never been a parent of a lost child but you can just imagine if you're a parent whose child's been is missing and your spouse died and so this is really the only person in your life that feeling of helplessness right yeah. like that that what can i do right like so there's there's the police and supposedly they're doing something well, in this case, we know they weren't actually doing anything. But yeah. But but in a, if from his perspective, right? Supposedly they're doing something, but really, what can he do? And so the internet gives him a false a, sense, a sense yeah. that I can do something. So he spends however many hours interviewing her four hundred Facebook friends that she's not actually yeah. friends with. Yeah. But it still gives him the sense he's doing something. It still gives him a sense that like, oh, this is I'm really accomplishing something. By and doing he's not this. just a helpless bystander. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's kind of funny because in some sense, it is sort of just a placebo and makes him feel better. But in other in other ways, like, he actually cracks the case open. Like, he actually does the detective work right, and, and actually is, figures yeah, out things. And that's how he does figure out that Deborah Messing's character, Detective Vic, is yeah. the perpetrator. But, but I like that. The more that I think about the movie, the more actually I think it's kind of brilliant. But when I first, when we first finished watching it, I was just kind of like, oh, that was interesting. And I didn't, I didn't really think about it that much. But in terms of the narrative construction, I think that it, it was brilliant 
in the sense that it got all the different ways that we use technology in terms of it's sometimes being useful, yeah. it's sometimes being harmful, and then it's sometimes just being a complete waste of time. And so, yeah, so there are some, so hours. there are some things where he does these things, and he spends okay. hours interviewing these Facebook friends of hers and tracking people and down, tracking people yeah. down for no good reason, and feeling like it's useful in some way, but it's actually a complete waste of time. There are other times where he thinks he's being brilliant and using technology to solve something, like where he saw the little shark, or was it the fins? Oh, the thing, hoodie with the and fins then, and then logo. he yeah. pieces together, or he try, constructs a narrative based on this flimsy evidence that his brother must have done it because there's he's some text fan, messages. Yeah. He's a fins fan. And the, but it's like, right when he saw that fins thing, I immediately thought, his brother can't be the only fins fan. I'm assuming he's supposed to be the San Jose Sharks, but the yeah. only fins fan in the San Jose area, right? Like it doesn't make sense. But in his mind, because he hasn't gotten any sleep and he's trying to piece things together and feel yeah. like he's helpful, he's this piecing together whatever makes, makes it, sense, yeah. right? And so I think that it it really gets to sort of the core psychology of how human brains work and how we trust technology or how we think we can use it or manipulate it. Or also the idea that what you see is reality. I think there's a lot that's said about that because so much of what people say online and there's, you know, of course there's going to be a segment where it's all about the trolls and what they say and the the comments that come up about like the Reddit threads. Right. right, And where it's like, Oh, the dad did it. He's the one that murdered his kid. And, and all of this trash talk that does happen. Um, and then when confronted in real life, of course the person's like completely opposite. Oh, uh, like the movie theater guy. Yeah, the yeah, movie, yeah. Th- or like the her the guy who's been making comments about on her on her Instagram or sorry on her Tumblr, and so there's this whole idea that like what how people present themselves online is not real, and that he sees Margot with all these UCAS, right? Which is basically just a live streaming service yeah. thing. I don't know if UCAS is a real thing. I don't know either. It seems That's how really out of weird. touch Gen yeah, Xers we sorry. are. We're um, basically like John Cho's character when he's like, what's a Tumblr? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that bad, but yeah. We don't know whether UCAS exists or not. We're going to have to Google that. But later. it's interesting to see, like, are we meant, when you watch all of her cast, because she just kind of sits in front of the camera, and waits until people pop up to like watch her live. And so she'll communicate with them and talk to them. It's kind of like Facebook live or Instagram live. But then you wonder like, is she being real? Like he's watching his daughter thinking I'm learning something about her. But then well, you he's also learning wonder... about her persona, right? Like right. he's not learning. He's learning about a side of her that he hasn't seen before, but he's not learning about her per se. And she's something. also a teenager, yeah. right? So there's this all this other level yeah. of like, how much of it is she just kind of trying on? Well, we and saw discovering that herself? in the narrative because he talked to the study group person, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't really know her that much." Yeah. And then in public, she was like, "Oh my god, she was like my best friend." Yeah, Whatever. there's that and, teary emotional yeah. YouTube video she puts up, right, where it becomes this. It's performance. It's yeah. basically like public persona versus private persona. And I know that a lot of young kids have, they have like the real Instagram and then they have their Finstagram, their fake Instagram. Yeah. Like, so they know that there are these different personas they put on and different faces that they have. And how safe they feel with other people yeah. makes, you know, like lets them open those gates to them. Yeah. Because whereas otherwise it's easier just keeping yeah. a fake public persona that you can say what you yeah. want. But and so it gets into these really interesting, delicate layers yeah. of who we are online versus who we are in real life versus who you can be online. Yeah. And I think as a parent, he has a really hard time understanding that. 
because he thinks he knows his kid. Yeah. And every parent thinks they but, know his but kid. But also, I think that not right? only does he think he knows his kid, but I think that he also thinks, if I don't know my kid, that means I'm a bad parent. Right, right. And, and there is that discussion between the detective Vic, who later on you realize... Is the murderer. Is the murderer. Yeah. Well, she she's a murderer and she covers up yeah, a yeah. murder. Yeah. But it's an interesting conversation when you look back after knowing the ending because she has this whole thing with a story about her own son. Um, Where she says she didn't know her son. Right. And she's like... And, and, and she makes... She says this and now that I think back on it, it's like, oh. She says... Just because you think you know your kid or if you don't know your kid doesn't make you a bad parent. Yeah. Right? Because she's worried about herself about she being, has her own whether guilt. she's a bad parent yeah. or not. Because and her son is killed, well, accidentally. Well, maybe she didn't, he didn't actually kill anybody. But the cover-up yeah. makes it worse, yeah, right? If it happened an accident, fine. Yeah. I feel like she could have avoided all of that. Yeah. Because, you know, Marga was still alive. Yeah. But as an accident, right, there's not that, there's not as a heavy a penalty as the forethought of having to then cover it up, which the mother yeah. does, because the son still gets in yeah. trouble, right? And there's no yeah. way for her to save them. But her own guilt and desperation and the willingness to what adults will do offline yeah. is an interesting yeah. dichotomy yeah. too, Yeah, like right? how she's willing to cover to do anything <laughs> for her son, just like he's willing to do anything for her daughter or what he perceives to be for her daughter, for his daughter, like yeah. in terms of like beating up a random kid at the movie theater or like, there are things he does that don't actually help her, but he perceives it as like, I'm willing to do whatever for my it takes, kid. Yeah. yeah. I also, I think the other thing that I was thinking about that I was really impressed with, not immediately after watching the movie, but thinking about it later. This movie definitely takes time to process. It takes time to yeah. process. But the other thing is with narrative construction, I often think about this. I don't know if a lot of people think about this as much as you know, former English majors do, but in terms of the narrative <laughs> construction... There is a thing with any mystery, like if you're reading Agatha yeah. Christie or whatever you're reading, the red herring that right? that that you have to you have to be honest with your reader, right? So well, it depends on the narrator. No, 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 it? no, no, no. I don't mean the narrator has to be honest. I mean you as the author have to be honest, uh, right? Yeah. You can't say here are twenty million red herrings. And yes. then the murderer turns out to be this character we've never introduced before. Completely out of nowhere. Yes, yeah. right? So what you have, you, and you have to be honest in the sense that not necessarily that you put all the clues that the audience can, or the reader can for sure put together and say, aha, I've deduced this. But you have to make the narrative in such a fashion that when they do find out the mystery at the end, that the, the things click. before yeah. make yeah. sense, right? Yeah. So for example, the detective covering up her son, what she thinks is an accidental murder, makes sense in terms of what's introduced earlier where she covers for her son. It has like, to fit, right? Taking yeah. money from people yeah. for a fake charity, right? Yeah. So there, there are pieces that lay the groundwork for the uncovering later. The other thing is that when I think about the construction, you all, there's also a sense in which Anish, is that what the name of the yeah. filmmaker is? is playing with the audience expectations because right when I saw the preview for it, my immediate thought was the dad did it. Oh, me too. Me too. Right? Because, because of the way that the, the preview set up, it, it's kind of set up like, Oh, he doesn't know what happened and he's going through this video footage. And it kind of brought back all these things like memento and like all these other, or like there's a gap in his memory. But, there, yeah. but I'm seeing there yeah, are other yeah. movies where somebody doesn't know what's going on. And then it turns out they actually did it. Right. Yeah. And so he, the Anish, this filmmaker is very much aware of that expectation 
and yeah. plays with it. In fact, That's I think true. there's like a Reddit thread that references that. And then the red herrings seem to make some sort of sense. Like you actually do wonder at one point, would did she run away? Right. You yeah. do wonder at one point, did her uncle kill her yeah. or do some weird thing with her? Well, I think and, that's that's a, a really good way that he, the director uses John Cho's perspective to lead you down those pathways. But I'm saying they make sense for us to follow along right. with him. Along no, with I know. Those. And even if you do, like, for a long time in the film, I still doubted the father. Yeah. For a long, long time, I was like, his guilt just makes it seem like... Yeah. But, I mean, it was his guilt about letting his daughter down, but the way it translates for me, for me, it translated, oh, he's he's guilty of some kind of violence that has not yet been discovered, right? That perhaps there was a physical altercation between he and his daughter, that there's something that is being covered up that we can't see because they didn't record it, right? And so you have that doubt the whole time, at least I did. And when the brother was introduced, I was like, oh, shit. Maybe the brother did do it. But but, but the other thing that's cool about how it actually turned out is that first of all, I I said this last night when we watched the movie too, but if you don't watch a lot of true crime TV, which I know a lot of people aren't into that. You're so obsessed with that. (laughs) If you, if you don't watch a lot of true crime TV, I could see some people being like, Oh my gosh, that's so contrived. I can't believe they made it this whole elaborate thing where the detective, da da da. But if you watch true crime TV, I assure you, those are exactly the kinds of things that happen like all the time. It's not that exact same circumstance, but it's usually somebody who's trying to cover up something and they do this whole elaborate lie and end up killing someone when somebody else was still alive. Like there's all sorts of things like that that happen. And when you look at it in the context of the narrative, in terms of the character consistency, the brother killing or sorry, the, the uncle killing the niece doesn't make any sense based on the information we have. Right. The information we have is that he is making kimchi gumbo, gumbo with, and remembering his sister but with in law with yeah. weed. Right. So all we know about him is he smokes weed and he likes weed. Right. So the fact that it turns out that all he was doing was smoking weed with his niece actually makes sense for what we know about the character. Mm -hmm. The dad doing it, that could be an interesting twist, but him just being kind of a neglectful or or not really understanding what's going on father. But it's more fits more with his character because he and and the daughter are both going through trying to figure out life after the the his wife's death and the daughter running away i guess you could make a case for her running away but her trying to help somebody who's who she perceives as also having a parent dying from cancer that makes sense sense because she just dealt with that so like everything when you go back and look at the characters and how they've been introduced it all fits it all fits with the characters so the detective being a little shady and all those pieces, like when you go back and look at it, it actually all makes sense. So I, I think it's actually very brilliantly constructed, but I had to really think about it. That wasn't my impression when we left the movie theater. Like when I, know, I when we I, left, I was just kind of like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah. And I worry about that too, because I don't know how much people, it's not one of those movies that you keep thinking about because it wasn't like that. I mean, yeah. there was definitely movies where I'm like, I can't stop thinking about this movie. Like what yeah, was you, the last one I was like oh, obsessed I with where it's just like, I, I'm not quite sure. Is it? I mean, like, even what's the Deus Ex Machina? Or is it? Oh, yeah. Deus Ex Machina. Oh, no. No, just Ex Machina. Ex, just Ex Machina. Machina. Yeah, that yeah. film toyed with my brain but for we, weeks but it, after. You, you, but you, you leave the theater already thinking about right. it. Right. But this searching film, it's not like that. You kind of, like, cut it off like, oh, my experience is over. And I'm afraid that a lot of audiences will leave thinking, oh, 
that was interesting. It's just a thriller. But I feel like now that we're talking about it and we're actually having to process and go back and go through, this movie might take a second viewing to kind of appreciate all the different things. You know, which is also kind of a funny thing because one of the first things that I said when we left the theater was, yeah, I don't want to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to see that I was again. like, that was kind of interesting, but I don't think I would see a second view. <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it, I was like, oh, you know what? If I saw that again, I might notice something else. But you know what this would be a good film to do is like study with students. Yeah, like a film class. Yeah, like because yeah. then on upon multiple viewings, you see the different layers. And I don't know what could have made the first viewing resonate after it was over like i don't know what could have been added to kind of leave a little bit more to linger it's hard it's hard to say because i think it ended the way it should have ended even yeah. though i was like happy ending really uh okay but it's not that happy my first thought right after was oh my gosh the both of them are going to be in therapy for like decades after this yes that is true but the fact that she was still alive at the end yeah makes it interesting and so for me the ending was a little like uh, okay you're gonna give it to us it's a gimme but yeah. it was something that i think that audiences might really forget yeah and that makes me a little bit sad too the only other thing i want to say is about the technical aspects of the film like, I know that on a very basic level, doing screen recording of a computer is its actually very easy to do. There's software that just records what's on the screen. Yeah. But I kept thinking about when they would have scenes of scrolling through Twitter or scrolling through Tumblr or scrolling through Facebook and clicking around all these things or like having fake Google search results. You, you either have to fake that by creating a whole bunch of fake accounts and then actually doing that and setting up that network or you have to fake it by creating some html page that you then tweak and and make the css to look like one of those pages but then change all the content to look something something oh, else yeah, yeah. like that I, I just kept thinking about that when we were watching How the movie that up, that know? like you eat that there's a lot of work that goes into a simple two second uh, scene where you're just scrolling through a bunch of stuff or even but, simply like the Gmail accounts and all yeah. of the things that are still in the inbox. Yeah, yeah. no, like that's, thinking of I, yeah. all the different. I was like, thinking about that too. I was how like, you, how I was you like, design spam? Clearly, email. <laughs> clearly, you have to think about like what would, what emails would it make sense to have in there, and we're gonna have to put timestamps on them, or we're gonna have to not put timestamps on them, and then look at the raw HTML page and then edit those so that they look like they have the proper timestamps. But something, well, especially because to, all of those things, because you're watching it through the father's eyes like he's obsessively looking at every single yeah. little detail yeah right? so that means so that you as view, an audience yeah. you're also obsessively yeah. looking at the and, detail and those yeah. gmail pages when, I, when they popped up and you see all the different emails, like i was trying to like read oh yeah every I, single oh yeah gmail. i was too i was like oh what kinds of things is he getting yeah, yeah. and so i was it, it but it passes by really quickly so you're like oh i didn't get to read what but so much work went into that right yeah. i mean think about all of that setup which is part of part of the movie process right is to create the world it's 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 kind of the same thing and again maybe because we watch a lot of movies and so we view things differently from how other people do but you know i get that same feeling when i watch a movie where there's like a scene and two actors have to have some angry fight where they're like destroying things in a kitchen and stuff and i'm like <laughs> you know some poor job. production assistant's job was to set up every little thing in that kitchen to up. just be destroyed and then i was like what if they have to do a second take they have to do a second take what do they have to clean all that stuff up well, and then reset it up again in and the like, shining it took more than 60 doors for i know and i'm Jack saying nicholson to hack through, and i'm saying right? that's ridiculous yeah. right so i think about those things i think about the craft of it when i'm watching it that i'm like Wow, someone's job was to set up all That's these fake shit job. Gmail accounts and to do, you know, and so 
it's... Well, no, I think that that is more like set design. I feel like in this movie, there's no set. I mean, there were sets. But it's a virtual set. But the virtual, virtual set, set is design. a different design than, say, like the bedroom design or the apartment design, which, you know, I feel like you could get away with just having, like, just yeah. anyone's apartment. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can make very deliberate design decisions. But the virtual set design is something that I don't think has really come up in movies that much before. So that's a really interesting problem as a designer to well, think... But how do I wanna? How should it look? But I think these to give days, a sense, right? these days where they're crossing the line of virtual and real so much, and things like Lord of the Rings and whatever, and all these Pixar yeah, movies, the CGI and stuff, worked, it, yeah. it's like it, it. I think set designer role is becoming more and more. I mean, with the exception of things like, you know, a lot of Black Panther or like uh, Mad Max Fury Road and things like that. You know, a lot of things are not in the real world and so they do have to have these virtual set designers well no i, I don't mean yeah. cgi i feel like cgi is a totally different oh i realm. see what you're saying yeah no but it's in true terms of it's like, true this one is not this like kinds of movies are pretending it's, it's to be very set. different yeah. yeah like you're trying to impart yeah. reality though at the same time there actually are real set designers right so like the scene where he's in his brother's kitchen or no, the scene where it's, he's it's in his own kitchen yeah. or, or when they're in the they're in running running through or, the mountains yeah. or they're taking pictures in a school it's like someone also had to do all Scout those locations things and right do all that and stuff, i yeah. i also thought about that when they had those montages of all those photos of of margot growing up was that wow every one of those photos it's just zipping by the screen in like a second or two yeah. but it meant that someone had to dress them Someone had to light that scene and do whatever, and they had to say, smile and look like you're doing this, and da da da, and they'll just take or a picture. And they also, had to I was do... thinking about all of the YouTube, the, the news footage videos yeah, that yeah. they did, like having to shoot all of those. Yeah, you have to fake the news or like, too, yeah. Or like when he was like doing background um, Googling on mm -hmm. Detective Vic and he was yeah. looking up the newspaper stories. Do the fake like, news stories. All of that stuff. It's like, oh my God. Fake YouTube videos. Or yeah. I guess they're real YouTube videos, but they're Yeah. It's. Yeah. And all the costuming yeah. that you have to change. And even like the view of Vic's home office yeah. and what you see on the wall behind yeah, yeah. her, right? All of the awards to yeah. make her look like she's super trustworthy, right? That she yeah. knows she's good at her job. Like all of those things lend into like, I have to trust this person because that's, she's in uniform and she's professional, right? Which is one of the reasons yeah. why the dad gets duped too, right? Well, yeah. I also thought that was a clever thing where in the beginning, he immediately Googles her to see who is this person. Right. Who's, Again, who, whom I'm trusting online, with my online offline personas, yeah, right? But but <clears throat> but that initial Google search he does of her, where he clicks the three links to open in the background, those While are the same. Those her, are the yeah. same three links he clicks at the bat and the end. Yeah. And those first time he does it, his takeaway is, oh, she's an amazing detective. She's trustworthy. And the second and then time, the second time he does it, he's like, oh my gosh, it's these exact same three links. But wow, totally different context. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, it's it's actually very well-constructed film but I, I didn't really think about it so or, or even the commentary that people look at the first three links and don't look beyond that right they, yeah. they won't scroll or they won't yeah. go to the next page there's a lot I mean, of thought me, that I'll, to this. I'll go to like the 12th page yeah. frankly but most people yeah. don't do that right and yeah. it's like in terms of search results and like seo stuff like how does that shape our our understanding of the world? I mean, it really yeah. influences how we see things. And that's really dangerous too, right? I mean... It was also interesting to have a movie that was so full of product placement that yeah. it went beyond product placement. Because usually, like, you watch oh, a movie, yeah, yeah. the movie has a narrative, and then every now and then you're like, oh, 
that's an Apple laptop. Yeah. Oh, that's a Windows <laughs> phone. Oh, I wonder how much Microsoft paid to get that in there. Yeah. But like, there's so many references to real things here with brand names that there's no way that Reddit and Apple and Microsoft and Ubuntu and all, like, there's no way that like all of these things, Tumblr, that they all paid to be in this movie, right? But that's our reality. That's our branding world too. So, so we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up because uh, you need to experience this movie yourself. Well, at this point, we've already given spoilers. So yeah. you need to re-experience it. Think about it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this has given you some insight. Let us know in comments below what you thought of the film. Was there anything that we brought up that maybe you were thinking about? Or that, that you noticed that we didn't notice? Yeah. I just feel like the more eyes are on it and the more we support Asian American cinema, the more we'll get interesting stories like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this is an upward trend, even though I was really pessimistic in our last podcast about crazy yeah. rich asians watching this actually made me more hopeful yeah i don't know why it could I just, be good just like oh this is an interesting story well they one of the things you didn't like one of the things you didn't like yeah. about crazy rich you said it was too asian a movie this you wanted this asian american, american. Movie. this is very asian american yeah so i i really enjoyed seeing that and seeing a korean american family on screen portrayed really realistically even with all of the crazy drama yeah. that goes in so i i really like this film so go watch it if you have it or tell friends to go watch yeah. it and think about it all right bye bye You've been listening to another Hidden Messages podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook, and make sure you send us a message on our website at hiddenmessagespodcast.com for any future episode suggestions or comments you'd like to send us. We'd love to hear from you. 